I'm Tiffany Rozier, and this is the Afros and Knives podcast, the interview series that elevates the stories of Black women and women of color working in food and beverage, hospitality, and food media. In this episode of the Afros and Knives podcast, we are talking to Grace Uma Kambizis. She is a marketing leader for digital native brands and high growth startups. She has worked for digital brands like Glam Squad, The Knot, Birchbox, and Blue Fly. And she is the current vice president of digital marketing for the award-winning New York-based brand, Food52. Now, Food52 started out as a collaborative recipe blog and has become a digital marketplace that strikes the perfect balance of curated products and fresh content. So you can find them at food52.com and there you will see so much of Grace's influence, voice, and work on the website. What she says of herself is that she is a believer in harnessing the power of storytelling and human connection. And she is passionate about motivating great teams to do great, to create great brands that people love. And Food52 is definitely one of those brands. I have been um, obsessed with that brand for some time now. And that is why I found it so interesting to see Grace's face on that beautiful list of um of staff and you know see what her her hands have um gotten into and how her her voice and her point of view has helped position the food 52 brand to grow the way it has over the last uh five years so um please enjoy this conversation with grace and we'll catch you at the end um, I am VP of Digital Marketing at Food52, which is a food and home website. Um, geez, where did I start? <laughs> uh, great question. <laughs> uh, I've been... Well, my first job ever was in 2005, starting off in marketing. Um, very different than what I'm doing now. I was... Um, working at a nail polish manufacturer in New Jersey um, and the whole place smelled like nail polish I probably have like <laughs> I don't even want to know the effect of like the nail polish that I inhaled <laughs> for about a year <laughs> but you know nope, don't even think about it it's okay yeah I don't, I don't even want to think about it I don't even think about it um, so I yeah so it's been a little bit of a windy road like most careers but I've worked um, in after that after working at a nail polish manufacturer from that point on I worked in digital media e-commerce type space for what in my field is a long time like 14 years because you, oh, yeah. you know you can it's it's digital and you know I remember old stories of the internet and all that type of stuff um <laughs> But uh, I made my way through like ad agencies and working in e-commerce and fashion, actually, in um, lifestyle media. I worked at a, a wedding website, not for a while, um, kind of grew up there career wise. So my first successive promotions were in, in that space. And I got to do a lot of different jobs there and merchandising, marketing, um, a whole number of things that would just come up <laughs> as because it was a business that was a content and commerce um, business. So there's a lot of opportunity. Um, and I worked in beauty. So I just did all these things that kind of went together. And then I went to food 52. <laughs> so that was the, that was the part that was the biggest uh, kind of transition. But for me personally, it made a lot of sense because I'm someone who loves to cook and always been around like my whole family cooks and, well, all the women in my family cook asterisk. Uh, and um, someone who, like, increasingly, you know, as you kind of nest in life, you get more um, opportunity to kind of build out your space the way you right. want it and have your home be the way you want it. So uh, when this opportunity came up at Food 52, it really aligned with where I was, like, as a human. You know what I mean? Like, I love beauty and I love fashion. Like, I'm always, that's always a part of, like, how I express myself. But um, just seeing this opportunity made a lot of sense to marry my experience with this category and it's growing. I mean, people 
don't people really want to stay home and cook no, and like I, I encourage people to just go ahead and stay home because I've seen you yeah. outside and you shouldn't be outside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some people yeah. need to stay home, stay home, but like stay home. <laughs> every every meme on the internet now is about how like people are canceling plans and don't want to go anywhere. No, so it's, like, it's too much. It's too much yeah. right now. It's too much in the streets. You're just like, exactly. no, we're just going to stay home with our stuff and it's okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Get your home the way you want it to be. So it's like, really is very relevant now. And I think in the home category is actually growing. I think last year, was it 2018 or 2019 was the first time home surpassed apparel as a retail category. Yeah. Uh, so people are investing more in it. So it kind of made, it made sense but like if you luckily they were so open to different kinds of experiences because i was actually concerned at first interviewing i was like i'm gonna look at my resume and be like okay she's been in fashion she's been in food you know beauty wedding what does this have to do right how does it relate back you know but taking my experience from the knot being it was a, a company that had really strong content and a targeted audience obviously people we're looking to get married, yeah. predominantly women, and really monetize that audience through transactions, through their registry, and affiliate program, and through commerce. So I was able to bring that experience to Blue 52 um, in terms of a skill set fit. Um, yeah, so I've just been, you know, you work long enough, and there you are. And then, oh, oh, I'm like, there's so much to ask, so much to ask now. Um, it's funny, because, like, working in food, the one, I always tell people, like, it's not even really a guilty pleasure. I started out yeah. in graphic design. So, like, my oh, okay. first degree was in, like, graphic design, and then I had a sec- had a double major at um, in design school of graphic design and advertising, because I thought I wanted to be in marketing. And yeah. at the time, it was... Um, who was doing great work? It was uh, the Gap commercials that were yeah. doing this like brilliant work in the '90s, and I was obsessed. I was yeah. like, okay. So who is it? And I think it was Shyatt Day who was doing like their advertising at the time, and yeah. and you knew immediately when they severed that relationship because the, the yeah. advertising has not been the same. And there was mm-hmm. like energy around advertising at that point that I was like all about it. It was like storytelling there. There was this interest yeah. in like diversity. As well, which is why I'm so confused about what's happening right now. Because I'm like, there was a point yeah. where it seemed like we were all like, yes, this is what we're yes. trying to do. Everybody essentially yeah. listened to the same music. We all were listening to each other's music. We were all wearing each other's yeah. clothes. So, like, I love that energy. So I was like, yep, I want to be in advertising. And then at some point, I just got tired of, like, sitting at a desk and didn't know what I wanted to do at that point. And so I was just like, food, food makes total sense. It's a complete bridge. I can, it makes absolute sense. So I was like, yeah, let's do that. So once I got into food, I started talking to a lot of the chefs I worked with. And they had all, well, yeah, I was a designer for a long time. I was a graphic designer. Yeah. Like, somewhere there is this, like, bridge between the two. Yeah. And it's, you yeah. know. Part of it, I think, is creative, but the other part yeah. is like there's a domestic quality and communicative quality to it. So, like marketing yeah. is like you're you're creating and establishing a relationship with a consumer that they will trust you with whatever yeah. information you're giving them, whatever product you're trying to sell them. And I think mm-hmm. food is the same thing. Like you're really yeah. the relationship takes place in this like very compressed space, but you're really doing yeah. the same thing. You're just selling them this product. But you're building a relationship first. And so you have to yeah, exactly. get, you get an hour and a half to do it in opposed to with marketing, you might get more time. But we're here, you're yeah. like, by from the time they make that reservation to the time they ask for their check, you get that little yeah. opportunity to have this interesting, yeah. like intimate exchange with them. And mm-hmm. so I was just like, yeah, I guess these two worlds make sense. And then I've always been obsessed with um, fashion as well. I was just like, every yeah. time, like, I, my first. It's funny because my first line cook job in New York started during New York Fashion Week. And so like the world just were colliding because we were doing um, catering for most of the after parties. And so I was just like, so we did like one for like Mark Jacobs. We did another one for um, uh, Donna Karen. And so I was just like, okay, so food can get you like in this conversation. And then the restaurant attracted that particular group, uh, that particular industry either way so we were constantly um sitting like design teams and stuff like that for lunch and dinner and that kind of thing so i am definitely understanding like there is a bridge for some reason like you're either switching sides for, you're always switching one side to the other i feel like you're just telling yeah. the story in a different way yeah absolutely makes sense when people are like i don't understand how you went from this to that and i'm just like it's hard to explain unless you're doing it 
unless yeah. you're actually in it. And so, um, mm-hmm. so yes, but uh, I absolutely get that history. I also people like work is not linear. Adulthood is not linear. So there was yes. a straight line here. So just give that up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, don't, even, don't put your mind on that. You're just going to mess with yeah, exactly. all the time. So yeah. um, I did love your point about how you grew up with one brand. And then when you got to Food 52, you were in that part of your life. And I wanted yes. to kind of unpack that thinking a little bit. I don't think people think about their careers and their life having that kind of like partnership or relationship where yeah. your career yeah. kind of match where your life is. And I love that, yeah. like, that you had that observation. And so I'm like, I, I, I'd like to get your thoughts. Just kind of expand on that a little bit for me. Sure. It's actually, yeah, I didn't. Thank you for pointing that out. Like now you're saying it like, yeah, because I'm even thinking about early in my career, like when I was at, which at the time used to be like a very cool fashion website called Blue Fly. Uh, and I was there, you know, when I was like 25, you know, and that was very relevant to me. You know what I mean? Like I was definitely not a high lifetime value customer, <laughs> but I was there. <laughs> I was their entry level customer. And like, that's what I was interested in. And I wanted to get those brands and I wanted to get them off price. and. I think that looking at my career, like I, when I was at the knot, I started off not married, but I got married while I was working there. So it's kind of like, wow. okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of, but I, I think that you can, you know, even though, even though as a marketer, like you're always, depending on the brand you work in, you're kind of always in a, you should at least be in at least two age demographics, I think, to be like an actual real business, in my personal opinion. But I think, you know, you're always going to have more resonance for like the one the age group that you're in or the life stage you're in at the moment, you know, and that can inform your work. And it's hard like to separate, not in a bad way, but like as a marketer, because you're always thinking like everyone is a consumer, like you are yourself a consumer. People are so hyper um, saturated with marketing messages. So everyone is a marketing expert in their mind, you know, like they always have a better idea. Like, you know, you should have done, you should have oh, done uh, this, 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 this. You're like, so, thank you, think, thank you. Yeah, yeah. okay, we'll think about that next time. <laughs> yeah, oh, like, got God. it. All right, so they didn't say anything about that idea, but you, you, yeah, yeah. I didn't say yeah. that. Okay. I got oh, it, I God. got it. So you kind of always are, in a way, drawing from your experience or drawing from the experience of people around you, and it can't help but be informed by, like, where you are in your life, too. You know, I, I think you have to have a little bit of that connection, like, for me, personally to a brand to really feel like you can encapsulate why it's resonant, what the value proposition is. And it doesn't mean you use all the things like there's certain, right. you know, like I won't disparage any of my old companies, but there's certain things where like, maybe I use one product in the whole line, you know, like I wasn't like the whole thing, you know what right, I mean? But, right, right. But I could at least, I could identify with like who used it. You know what I mean? I could, there's something yeah. about it that on a personal level that I could be like, okay, I, I really understand that. And that's all like, and then, the user behavior will tell you the rest. People will tell you the rest. All the you time. know, but I think you have to have some into it. It's like, and for me, I guess coincidentally, it kind of did connect to life stage too. Nice, nice, and it's it's interesting. Like, I got obsessed with Food Fifty Two, like their first year in, and I was it yeah. was because I was like, I had like four magazines I was reading. I had really had just like started to seriously get into professional cooking so i was following i think i had like a subscription to gourmet magazine food and wine um bon appetit and so i was just like kind of immersed in like the actual like actively cooking and then i realized like as i was like serving clients that environment was so important and then this you know like they I think they hadn't quite gotten into like, like that hardcore retail space they're in right now, but as a brand, yeah. still very, the look of the website is what got me because I was yeah. still coming out of graphic design. And so I was always looking at new websites to see like what the, where design was going and like where people's eyes were going as far as like what they wanted in the site design. And so like at the time, their site looked so different than most food sites. I was like, I saw, yeah. I was like, cause I was like 252. And then I jumped on, and I'm like, the site doesn't even feel the same. It was just this really beautiful aesthetic. It was very calming. Yeah. And it was the energy I was looking for in food. Because a lot of the other sites, while they were while the like photography was gorgeous and um the food looked great, the it was 
so much text on the screen and like everything yeah. like above the fold on like the on your screen was just like busy and you didn't know where to put your eyes and you didn't know what was important and you didn't know what stories were being told and then I got to like 252 and it was just like hush <laughs> this is what yeah. you're doing right now and this is how you can engage and it just gave me a really different way to think about engaging with food and then helping other people engage with food so I just have been like obsessively following like the growth and then of course when the retail hit I was all in I was just like (laughs) like local artisans local craftsmen I thought that was the coolest thing in the world and I just was like no one else is doing this like absolutely no one else people were still buying from like William Sonoma and they're still buying from Sir Latav and they're still you know what I mean they're still going to JCPenney and here is this little site when there's a local artisan in, you know, in our neighborhood that's producing these really beautiful dishes and tablecloths yeah. uh, and, and aprons and stuff like that. And I was just like, if it's happening in one city, I'm sure it's happening in other cities. Like you can probably yeah. find someone locally who does gorgeous work if you put a little bit of effort into it. And so mm-hmm. like at that point, I was all eyes. I was like, okay, so who and what? And then there was this like elevation. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, these ladies have gotten very serious. And at that point, mm-hmm. I wasn't even looking at like who was on staff at that point. I just knew that whoever was on the squad at Food 52 was like, okay, guys, we're about to just shut everything else down. And our <laughs> only competitions really won't be the target. And it's about <laughs> because even like even most people if you look at their like pinterest collection of like this is what i want my kitchen to look like i always go back to too i'm like they were already there guys and they left that like go and so (laughs) that's when i was just like okay now i need to know who's responsible for all of this and that's that's when i found you i was just like oh of course of course the brown person (laughs) thank you because just that the products were there, it was the framework of mm-hmm. stories being told. Like there was a story behind the product. And I was just like, that is a new way of selling product. Because most yeah. times it's really like a point of sale type of experience. Like, hey, you came in, 60% of your brain said you needed it. You came in for toilet paper. You ended up buying like some new cloth napkins. And it was just, it, it what there wasn't this idea of home. And so when yeah. you started. When the stories started to kind of pop up around the product, I was just like, someone tell me who's marketing this stuff. Like someone tell me like who is actually who actually figured out that people want to be a part of a story and they want to know what's behind what's in their homes. They want to understand like yeah. how it came to be and if someone cared about it before they got it, because it's important at this point. Like most people don't have a lot of money to spend. So when they do spend it, like the story behind it is so yes. much more important now. So I was just like, oh, we have to talk to her. Please tell me about like, so like for my, my question would be, <laughs> um, wow, like wh- when you first started there, like when you saw the potential of what it could look like or what it could be or like, like where they are, where, where you are right now with the brand, like when you started with them, did you see where you are right now? Or was it something that you started to like oh, throw yeah. some ideas out there and then all of a sudden it was like light bulb moment. This is what we should be doing. You know, I think it was it was definitely an evolution. And, you know, like the one thing I benefit from a lot is that like our buying team just comes to us with these amazing stories. You know what I mean? Like when they they pitch to us, essentially. And that was like a process that developed over time. Because like also like the creativity is just like crazy at that company. And it really is. <laughs> when I had joined, it was actually a really small marketing team. And I think the role of marketing hadn't really quite been defined. Mm. Because like when you have a company like that, that has so many creatives and has such a strong brand and founders that are like the brand, you know what I mean? So they know it and they want it. They know where it wants to be in five years. It's kind of easy to think like, well, how many marketing people do we really need? Like we, we have this already, like we figured it out, you know? So um, a lot of it was like, okay, how can we make, what's happening inside, like more visible on the outside. You know what I mean? Like all these things are already happening. You know what I mean? It's like, how do we get that out? How do we bring it together? You know what I mean? So hearing live, like, you know, creating spaces where we could collaborate with our buyers and merchants was a huge one. You know what I mean? Because like now you're hearing it and you're like, you're looking at the product, we're doing, they're doing, they're presenting it and they're telling this great story. And you're like, okay, great. Now we we can use that. That's a part of the hook. You know what I mean? And those things together versus like 
you know what I mean? Like after the fact, or it was right, a lot of it right. was like operationalizing it and seeing yes. like, what the full what the full potential was, and like what additional roles or what additional ways can we roll out these great assets that we're creating anyway? Like, oh, what yeah. are the other ways that we could tell it across channels? Like, how does that live on our Instagram? Like, how does that live? You know, how do we take a piece of that asset and, and turn it into a, a paid ad? Like. How do we, you know what I mean? How is it, can right. we, is it a one part email? Is it a two part email? So um, it was really drawing out a lot of the good stuff that was already going on yeah. and like creating a space, to like bring it together. Cause that was really, you know, every company has a challenge, but, and I think that was the thing of like stitching all the pieces together and just gotcha. being able to step back and be like, oh, okay, this is one whole cohesive story. Yeah. Like this, it, this is one like narrative. It. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. definitely feels like it now too. Cause I, it, you know, cause it was always like, it was always a very lovely brand. And at some point it did kind of feel like, okay, so where is it going next? Like you, they could have gone yeah. anywhere and it's like, okay, yeah. it's a collection of recipes. It's a community of people making, you know, making food with each other. And like, it could stay there definitely. But then it was like, it turned this corner where it integrated retail into that space so seamlessly. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. so like whatever magic you weaved, what benefit too is like the is the buy-in and the dedication and like the vision of our founders because like you could be at a media company where they know they have to monetize using commerce yes but it's an add-on or it's just like we have to do this so right it feels forced or like we're gonna do yeah 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 it's like you know so yeah, exactly. And you yeah. can tell, like, the brand is not excited about it. You know what I mean? Like, holistically. Yeah, exactly. It's just, like, something they know they have to do, so they hire someone to be in charge of that. They're, like, over there doing that. <laughs> and then, like, the creatives oh. and, the, and the writers are over there, you know, like, it's like church and state. Like, they yeah, never meet. Like, uh, it's, like, it's like, that's just what we do for money over there, but this is the real yeah. brand. And that's not staying at food. It was all together. Oh, I love that. Because it's like, you deserve yeah. better than this. Why are you doing this to yourself? And it's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's that, and I talk about the idea of being excited about things b- translating outwardly all the time, like, especially yes. food. Like, the one thing you cannot do um, in my world is ser- serve me a mediocre meal. I rather yeah. you cook something with passion, it'd be terrible. Because I can mm-hmm. at least go, yeah. you really meant everything about this, and I appreciate <laughs> it. it did not turn out the way you wanted it to. But at least I know where it came from. But yeah. show up and just hand me a plate of food and like be completely disconnected from the entire process. You can taste it. Yeah. That's like I can yeah. always tell in a restaurant or in someone's house if they have cooked something for me and they just don't care because it shows up yeah. in the food. And I'm like, but that's. I think part of my brain when it comes to viewing things is you as well, once you're in marketing, you can't shut that part of your brain off. Yeah. It's yeah. all day, every day, no matter what you do, no matter what you approach at that point, you're always looking for, okay, how is this person's story translating into the rest of the world? Like, yeah. you're just looking for all of that. And so with, um, with like that type of like advertising and monetizing brands and things like that, you can always tell when it's like an afterthought, yeah. if it was a, yeah. it was a labor to do it. And it was like, well, yes. we have to make money somehow. We might as well just like kind of put this together and hopefully people yeah. like it. And it's like, but they can tell you don't care. And we're yeah, like, exactly. with too, you're just kind of like this brand wants to be a part of your life every single yeah. day. And they, it's like, it asks, it was incredible. It's incredible. Cause it asked for permission to do so. Like allow yeah. us to be a part of your everyday story and mm. you know, trust us to like take really good care of you because nothing on the site feels like someone or a lot of someone have not had their eyes and hands on it. So like no product yeah. without like a lot of people loving it. Um, yeah. it, it just, you, there's no, there isn't an absence of care. And I was just like, I think that's the leap forward for like consumer goods and for yeah. marketing, you know, going forward is because we have so much social media where people are telling either yeah. fabricated stories or organic ones regardless. <laughs> the story is the thing that drives the connection as well as like yeah. the purchase or the action so i think yeah. you know marketing is going to definitely like pivot a little bit and it'll be about okay how can we be how can this brand be a part of your story and like yeah. you know those long those long lasting brands like like johnson and johnson and tide and lysol yeah 
they figured that out a long time ago because people are yeah, exactly. brand loyal before they're even like old enough to purchase these products. They're like, you yeah, know, exactly. Like you smell bleach and you immediately think Clorox. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're going to buy Clorox regardless. Even if you don't like it, it's just like, well, <laughs> if I'm going to buy bleach, I'm going to buy Clorox yeah. because you've yeah. branded to do so. And so it's like those brands knew that if we can be a part of your life from the beginning, um, I mean, you smell baby powder and you instantly think Johnson & Johnson. Even if that's yeah. not the brand, you just go baby powder and Johnson & Johnson. And so it's just, it's incredible to me. Like, I think Food 52 is definitely one of those brands that will be that. Like, someone will be like, look, if you want your house or your kitchen or whatever to look like beautiful and homey and, you know, you want to feel well taken care of and you want to trust a brand, you know, you just, this is, that is always my first recommendation. When someone's like, oh, I need, you know, yeah. like new wooden spoons or new serving bowls. I'm like, go to Food 52. Like, don't even mess around. If you got the budget, <laughs> if you have the budget, go. If you don't, go yeah. to Target. And I'm like, those are the only two places I can give you right now. <laughs> Target is giving me the same vibes. You go in and you're just yeah. like, Target wants you to, it's, you know, I remember when Starbucks was like, we want to be the third place. And I was like, well, yeah. Target beat y'all at that. <laughs> yeah. Like, you yeah. Target is the third place for a lot of people. They go, they yeah. take a cup of coffee, and they literally just walk up and down the aisles as a, yeah. like, solid, as a fortress of solitude. And you're just like, that's what y'all wanted, but Target is the one that won that fight. I'm so sorry. It's so, it's, you I'm, know, I, I love that Target. I love that Target meme. That's like you don't go to Target with the list. Yeah. You go to Target and let Target tell you what you what need. Mean, yeah, <laughs> you will walk around with a car, empty cart and leave with an empty cart. Like I've gone into Target plenty of times when I'm stressed because I'm like I just need a minute, and I will walk around Target and I will look at things, and then I will go home and I feel just fine. And I'm just like I didn't need to shop. It was just I don't know what the energy about Target is. I don't know someone to go. I think people go in there in the morning and like smudge all up and down the aisles for people to get rid of like bad auras and to cleanse everything. <laughs> people come in there just like, oh, burn safe, burn safe. So that when people come in, they can get their good vibes back because like you do not get that energy at Walmart. You don't yeah, get, no. get that energy at the grocery store, but Target has this really unique space right now. And I'm like, I don't know how it got to be that. I remember when Target opened, you were like, well, it's just an yeah. upgraded Walmart. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you don't appreciate that. You're going to fix mm-hmm. that. And they really did. <laughs> just like, yeah, oh, they really did. We're not Walmart. Yeah. Don't, don't put us in that category. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I just, for me, the, because the, the theme of this season is like wellness and growth. Yeah. And like, yeah. and then yourself, of course, like being at the helm of a lot of the, what's, be, what's happening in their digital marketing, just rang, rang that growth bell for me because watching the brand like really grow and then of course looking at how their staffing has like grown yeah. and evolved and like their real commitment to making sure they have a diverse and inclusive staff which for me is the reason why I think the lack of that commitment for food brands specifically mm. is why most of them are going to be obsolete in the next probably three to five years. I'm like if you refuse to yeah. diversify what's the point? Because you're not going to be able to tell new stories because you don't have new storytellers. Looks the same, sounds the same, has the same life. Like who, no one, eventually you're all like creating in a bubble. Yes. No one's going to be interested in that anymore. And so like looking at the diversity in the product and like the artisans that are producing things and where they're from in their history, like the fact that the story is attached is like this mirrored, um, this mirrored image of like, you know, our staff is like this, you know, working towards like a diverse and inclusive staff. And so like product reflects all of that. Yeah. Like, okay. So this yeah. is a couple from here and this is a, uh, you know, a guy from over here and this is his background and their background. And so you're not getting this monolith, uh, monolith of creators even. Yeah. You're just yeah. like, Oh, so this producer is from this part of the world and this producer is from the around the corner. And so it shows up in yeah. the work of the brand. So for you, like at this point, like I don't, how big is your, your team? Um, at this yeah. Point? I, I have a team of eight at this point. That's a that's a pretty yeah. good size team though. Like, yeah. yeah, I was like considering the size of the brand overall. I was like, that's a nice yeah. team. Um, so like, wh- where do you? I guess from where you stand now, like, where do you yeah. see the brand, like the brand itself, and then where do you see like 
food retail going in the next five years? Yeah, I think we're, I mean, I know I'm very biased. I think that we're really uh, like ahead of the curve in terms of the whole experience. Like, as you're saying, like being a part of people's home holistically. Also just on education, like we, that's like a big um, area for us to surround products. So we tell the stories about like how our product, what they came, where they came from, where our makers got inspired or their legacy or their heritage. And there's a component of like, how what is like what pan do you really need you know what i mean like if you, you you're only gonna have five, five let's say like well what like based on your life like what would be the best thing like we want to have that really curated we already have a very curated assortment but then adding but obviously as a business grows skews grow too you carry more product yeah. just to support growth but Absolutely. also like how can we get even more personalized in terms of how we're educating people to make the best choice mm. like, they're just not going to get at any other retailer you're not going to get at the solar cob they're not going to help they're not going to say okay this is the one pan that you need yeah you know i mean to do to do that so i think that's a really big opportunity and all the ways that that lives you know what i mean does that live in in real life offline yeah. online like so there's a lot of opportunity just in that realm of like being a real resource to people and like with sustainability too obviously it's like top of mind for everyone i mean i think it was like 70 degrees in antarctica like last week uh <laughs> i was like the world is truly ending um <laughs> so wow. like all the way yes so like all the ways that like we as a brand as a company as a home brand too can aid um in that effort for people mm. to be more sustainable to use less to reduce and it could be as like we have a lot of products that replace single-use plastic but you know you also want to make sure that that's at a variety of price points so it's like you know like so that you can really accommodate more people because that's like the whole point you know to for it to make impact um and then also just thinking about like on the sort of even on the higher end like if this really is the best non this is the best nonstick pan for you, you know, like get this one, it's in your budget. It'll last you 10 years. Like that's what we should be carrying. And that's what you should be buying. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, I other stuff though too. Uh, but like we want to like right. investment pieces. Like that's also a part of like our sustainability story. Like, because we are like selling things, you know what I mean? Yeah, so there's always exactly. a balance of the retailer. Like, you know, be more sustainable. Somehow we got to sell it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But thinking, even like rethinking, um, we had a really great, like we have monthly product launch meetings with our buying team and um, we're looking at building out like um, new, the new disposables. So things that are disposable, oh, for example, yeah. like for outdoor dining, you're probably always going to use a paper napkin and a paper plate. But what are other options like bamboo or other right. materials that when you throw them out, they, biodeg- they actually biodegrade, you know, yeah, they'll biodegrade a year or, or, or six months versus exactly. a thousand years, like a plastic fork, you know, so just kind of meet people where they are and, and their actual lifestyles. And um, so that's, I think, like, and then diversity to your point, I think we have a, a long way to go, but I think that, you know, um, you can't really serve a community of home cooks and, and home bodies without having these voices and these different representations across sectors, it's not possible, you know, and every brand aspires to grow as audience based. It's actually really funny. I was on a panel right before talking to you where uh, somebody had asked, it was like a black history month panel. And it was about like being black in the tech ecosystem in New York city. And there was one guy who was on, who was, has his own VC fund, another guy who was an engineer and then me. And somebody had asked like, you know, being, um, there's so many startups where the people, the founders are of like, are white, you know, of the majority culture, you know, affluent because you need to have some base to dedicate your time to a business that you don't know is going to make you money or you're going to be able to pay yourself with. And then they're making product or, or they're selling to people exactly like them. Uh, and then there's like, this, and there's so many startups that are like that. Like what if the, the, the founder has in mind the exact or exact replica on the other side. And I was saying like, and like, he was just asking like, I know this is like a broad question, but what are your thoughts on that? And I was thinking about like so many brands don't look at this as a, as a missed opportunity from like, yes, you want to do things because it's, it's great to, it makes you a good person, but it's a missed revenue opportunity oh my God. <laughs> when, when, you're, when you're not serving people, especially I'm like, and I'm like, if you're, 
in if you're U.S. based, you have to pay attention to the demographics of America. You know what I mean? And if that's your only group that you're getting all your revenue from, like that group is shrinking. Like if you're only targeting like white Americans only, like that's not where the demographics are going. So it's like, what do you? Are you really in the game or are you not? And I think to your point, like some brands are going to become obsolete and um, across categories. Yeah, you know exactly. because they just don't. And they already, but it's already happened. There's already brands oh that are God. obsolete. <laughs> and I don't think anyone's put two and two together like that. Why? You know yeah. what I mean? But if you look at like brands that have lost a lot of their cultural re- resonance and relevance, and as a result, sales, and you kind of look at like what maybe their marketing has looked like in the last five years, and you're like, hmm. You know, like you'll see some patterns there and like actively not serving people that give them money. That's which is I never so understand. want that. to give you the money and you don't, <laughs> yeah. want, I don't understand how that works. I just don't. Yeah. Oh my God. That's just, yeah. and it's funny. It's like, and it, I love that point. It was just like, how can you like actively not serve? these dollars it's like why would you look at my like don't look at me first like the money's still green i don't yeah, understand exactly. why you won't yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. how do you understand that like and yeah. when people talk about like you know i love um well, the new uh it's the new diversity inclusion and inclusion uh officer at target who's responsible yeah. for the like that black history um and, and I, re- yeah. I remember going into the Target, and again, this is how Target ends up being that third place. Like I ended up going into the Target, and it hit the display was like right at the door, and I was yeah. driving. I was dri- I was on. I was driving from Arizona to uh, Boston at the time, and mm-hmm. so I was in. The, I was in the middle of America, literally, and I had to stop wow. and go to Target. And so here's yeah. the display in the most unlikely neighborhood uh, yeah. that I would have expected. <laughs> and yeah. I was just like, who did this? Like that was my first time. Was who's responsible for this? Who did this? Who is this bold? So I immediately get on the phone with my sister, and I'm like, "Somebody at this Target is not playing about Black History Month, y'all." And she was like, "We must have a Black manager. Something must be going on at this Target." And so the more I kind of peeled back that onion, I was just like, "Oh, see, Target understood as a brand that you will not be relevant to the culture anymore if you don't." reflect yeah. people that are a part of it and so it was yeah. just like one of those things like watching brands that are excelling like food 52 and then knowing it's not just the product offering and like the the consumer facing side of things it's the fact that behind the scenes they are working hard to make sure they have a diversity of voices because like it doesn't yeah. again it's a missed opportunity you're you're, you're missing out you're yeah. leaving money on the table and so for me yeah. like, even if you aren't personally a fan of diversity and inclusion and making those efforts in biz- in your business don't worry about your person it per- you like your personal stance like yeah. the wallet yeah. in your bank account like yeah, yeah. <laughs> what why would you do this <laughs> why yeah, do yeah. yourself it's such a backwards like mindset i'm just like okay so you don't want any more money except for these people's money yeah. All right. Well, but don't get mad. <laughs> but don't get mad if we come over, go over here and sell each other stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. that's usually when people kind of go, well, wait a minute. Um. Well, how? Are, but y'all can't. But I mean, if you're not going to buy ours, we don't want you to buy anybody's. And I'm like, well, that doesn't yeah. work. I'm like, I need yeah. to buy this stuff regardless. Um, yeah, exactly. So yeah, and it's the idea of like diversity when you talk about um pr- different price points for those future. Yeah. Products for those like the, yeah. the reusable or even the disposables that people are using. And I know I've been like, been sitting on this idea that I have not decided to blog about yet because I'm just like, it's too much. And that's going to take me two days. But it's um, this idea that cooking in itself as an activity has become this kind of elitist activity yes. where yes. the way recipes are written, um, mm-hmm. the way grocery list and like the products you need or the equipment you yes. need to produce a recipe are these really like high end things. And I also feel like it's not really for me a a race issue. It's more of a class issue at this point. Yes. Or of an economy yeah. issue. And mm-hmm. what you're telling people is that well you could eat well and you could do better for the environment. Like you can do all these things as long as you are mm-hmm. a specific group of people. And yes. it leaves so many people out of the conversation. And it was the more I like kind of sit on this thought and like 
all these all these things start to kind of come into my space that I'm now paying attention to because someone had just recently expressed the frustration about how college dorm rooms are not built for people to be able to feed themselves. Yes. You can't have yeah. a hot plate. There's no way to like, yeah. they, don't, they don't build community kitchens into these spaces or anything. So you yeah. can't like go find some place to cook. And so yeah. my question, you know, always now is like, so what's the intent? So what end? Like, why yeah. would you set people up to fail like that? You yeah. know, like, what are we really saying? Like, why is cooking kind of this activity now that you can't do and engage in unless your life yeah. looks a certain way? And so yeah. like, a brand like Food 52, what does, like, I guess, what does that look like in the conversation of like yeah. product and like kind of talking to your audience at this point? Um, yeah. like, what, how do you best encourage people to like because you were talking about like that education piece and like really mm-hmm. understanding um really people helping people like buy things that last and invest mm-hmm. in instead of like buy like that one pot like what's the one pot you need you might not be able to afford a big old cookware set but yeah, exactly if yeah. you buy the right piece of cookware you can do it yeah. in it so yeah. like, you know to exit to, what does that look like i guess in like um yeah. real time yeah, uh, yeah. As far as like, how do you how do you talk to your like current audience and like the new yeah. the new people coming into the into the squad? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely been an evolution in like a of our audience specifically because I mean, there's people who are like kind of like they're all great. <laughs> any of them listen? <laughs> we love you. Uh, but there's people who are like original, like people who discover the site around the time you have, who maybe don't appreciate the um the the increased focus on even retail, you know what I mean? That they feel like yeah. that's, you know, um, not what they came for. Or even like we have some certain series, like, um, so like our editorial team, like we've been paying a lot of attention, obviously to the articles that people are gravitating to and the content that people are actually wanting. Like I added a certain SEO person to my team. That's like really optimized uh, on that end. So people want like, to your point, like very precious, like intricate, recipes with expensive ingredients like people don't really that's a very special niche audience like that's not where like the all of the opportunity is and there's publications that serve those people very well you know what i mean that that are looking for that but like people like one of our most popular franchise editorial franchises called a big little recipes which is like five ingredients or less yeah minus like oil and salt or you know what i mean and yeah that and like we're creating more content along those lines so that and it's in response to what we're seeing but like how can we do it our way we don't want to be like all recipes.com <laughs> you know like with uh oh i use all recipes.com sometimes we go I, I found a great pancake recipe there one time so I, it's I, I have a vegetarian chili that i saw all recipes but like we don't want to just be a repository obviously just like a repository right. all these different like user-generated recipes some of them are great you know what i mean but right um having taking what we know about what people actually need in their lives like and making it like the food 52 way and like big little recipes is a great example because it's like not just it has a few ingredients but it's impactful from a flavor perspective it's very impactful it looks like you took more time making it than it needed you know what i mean and it's like if you like that could be your centerpiece of a meal and it you it didn't take you a lot of time and it, it it feels like something different that you wouldn't find anywhere else. Right. So that's kind of like taking, so kind of taking that more kind of accessible content and putting our spin on it. Um, that's been really fun. And we've had a lot of success with that. And um, on the educational front, we keep rolling it out like through videos and we're going to start investing in that more, especially around cookware. Like how can we, even I get confused. I look at all this beautiful new cookware all the time and I'm like, Okay, what's the one that I need? Because I have a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm a big component. uh, I'm I'm a big proponent of like knives and like cutlery. I'm just like, look, get yourself one good, really good knife and take care of it. Yeah. I need a knife block. And then they're buying a new knife block every time they move to a new address because they didn't jack up the last set of knives. I'm like, stop. Invest all that money you would have spent into a knife. Get a cover, wash it and dry it properly. And you will have it for a long time. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like I, at some point, my mom bought a set of Wustoffs from like HSN or QVC, and she won't mm. cut me for telling this story. But <laughs> she needs to know and understand that I don't have a tolerance for this. And beautiful knives, 
And I went over and she's cutting and slicing and dicing on this glass plate. Ooh. <laughs> it's just like my nerves. Right now. So I just sit at the table like, what are you doing? She was like, what? Well, you know, I don't like a regular cutting board. I'm like, why? She's like, well, they're not clean. I'm like, not unless you clean them. She's like, well, they don't get sanitary. I'm like, what are you? Are you butchering a whole catalog in your cutting vegetables? Just soak it up and let it air dry. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. Okay, I understand. Knives, of course, are all dinged up and crazy looking. I'm like, so yes. how long did you expect to keep these very expensive knives? Yeah. I'm like, that's madness. And then at some point, she took a one of the larger paring knives from that set and use it as a letter opener. I was just like, I gotta leave. I just got up. I just was like, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna do is sit here and watch you do this to this night, and I'm gonna leave. So it was one of those things where, like, you know, my mom is in her mid-60s, and I'm like, if she's doing this, uh, like my grandmother, when she passed away, she had this paring knife that she used for as long yeah. as I can remember, as a little, even as a little girl. I remember her having this paring knife um, this big, had a wooden mm-hmm. handle, which I do not even see anymore. And by yeah. the time he passed on, that th- the blade was like an inch and a half. <laughs> it's about that big. But that woman cooked and fabricated everything. She was cutting bread. She was breaking yeah. down. I was like, I would go in her kitchen and go, where are you not? She was like, that right there. I was like, are you sure you want the bigger one? She's like, no, this is fine. And I watched her cook all yeah. these meals with this one little paring knife. And I'm just like, yeah. so how did you end up with your child using her knife to open mail? I don't know. I just don't understand what happened. There was a breakdown somewhere. You know, especially the generation sometimes. Exactly like, what, what exactly are you doing? But she's also that person who buys a lot of appliances. Um, oh, yeah. Assists her because like her hands aren't what they used to be. And so yeah, she true, has, yeah. Has an air fryer and she has a um a multi cooker and she has all these things and she she keeps yeah. buying like cans and pots and cookware because it's like nonstick but it's too heavy so she can't lift it. Yeah, so that idea of tapping into like a new audience of people where you kind of go, wait a minute, yeah. how can we help people make choices for themselves? Yeah. Like, what are we yeah. missing as far as like how we evaluate? cookware or um, cutlery or anything that we're putting into our kitchens like how are we really evaluating it like yeah maybe yeah. the handle's too heavy or maybe it's too big or it's something you know someone has a really steep learning curve they've never been in a kitchen before and they don't understand how to use something and how yeah. to educate people on because essentially it also at the very end of all of that you're helping someone build a life yes and yeah. their first experience with non-stick cookware look um like <laughs> I had friends. Yeah. I used to go to. I, I I think I went to a house every week for a year, and no one had a spatula, and I just didn't. <laughs> could not get my brain around. How are you in here every day cooking a meal with no spatula? Like, what are yeah. you doing? Eggs? Um, how are you yeah. eggs? What is going on? And then mm-hmm. one, and then another year it was tongs. Everyone just refused to buy them. So I to people's houses, and that was my hostess gift. If I went to your houses, I brought you a set of clothes. So it's like yeah. you're a human being. There are rules in society. You can have what are you doing? And so they're like, I don't, why, would, "Why would I need tongs?" I'm like, "To pick things out." Like, yeah. <sighs> okay. <then> I, <laughs> like, you know. Oh, excuse me. Like in our efforts to simplify people's lives and to like add convenience and you know because we had we've increasingly gotten busier over the last few decades who's not the ability to like even do things we've lost the ability to like find the right tools to do them as well and so we we give up on it like people give up on it very easily because they're like well I didn't have the right stuff to do that with and I didn't know what to do and so Mm -hmm. I've seen plenty of people in grocery stores kind of like throw their hands up um, or yeah. wander around a William Sonoma because they're just like I don't know what do I need to have like what what it's yeah. really overwhelming and so I yeah. love the fact that you guys are kind of like zoning in on that space because I don't I can't think of another brand who's like making a concerted effort to do that 
and yeah. it's kind of yeah. is an extension of and if it, it like but it feels like Food Fifty Two. It feels like this is a brand that yeah. cares, that cares past the sale, and yeah. um and so the. The, the ROI on that is another sale because it's like, well, this person yes. isn't just trying to sell me something. They're trying to make sure I'm set up to win here. So I'm going to mm-hmm. go back to them and trust them because we yeah. are already, we already have established this relationship of like support. So yeah. I, you know, I, like, I mean, look, you, any, any way we can all just throw some energy at that, let me know. I just, if, if it's a community effort, like, let, you know, I'm happy to yeah. do that. Write a recommendation. Yes. What do we need to do? Can I, can I tag something? Can I tag something? Can I put yeah. something? Like, what can I do to help that effort? Um, mm. So yeah. So now, for you personally, like for like, I guess because this is currently like in your space of life at this point. Yeah. Do you like? How do you see yourself growing with the brand? Like, where do you you know where where do you want to go for yourself? And like, what you how do you see your story kind of evolving there? Yeah. I mean, one of the fun things is that there's so much opportunity for the business and like there's so many ways to contribute to growth so like my hope is just to continue to do that in whatever capacity that looks like like I I think it's even beyond I mean now the demands of a marketing leader are just very different than what they were you know 10 years ago even you know like it's not just there's no more I guess maybe some some places there are but there's much fewer like vanity marketing jobs where you're like floating it on a cloud and being like this is for the brand and then you just like walk away like you have to like make the company money <laughs> like that's like the bottom line like be creative and do all that stuff they're like what did we, we grow or did we grow and yeah. like that's a big that's actually a big opportunity you know what i mean like when you can show capacity for that you get more responsibilities more exposure you know so that's like my my goal is to continue to contribute to growth of Food 52 and all the ways that that looks like in any way that my talent can be applied to it, um, you know, in or outside of the, the immediate scope of marketing. And what's really great about there is that like a lot of our senior leadership team, probably about half of it are people similar to me who've like moved through the ranks over the last couple of years. And, right. you know, and that's great to see because you get yeah. to wear the want you get to wear different hats and you get to, um, really understand the business more intimately and you know and and that's really great to see you know what i mean like at a company our size that there's quite a few of us and many people who've been there six seven years who you know they came in as a buyer and now they're the vp of commerce you know what i mean so it's like you see that whole business so you 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 kind of grow your potential within the company but that gives you a different vision for the future because you've had all that exposure if that makes sense so that's kind of like what i see is my hope which is to to continue to grow whatever it may be that they call me in five years i'm not sure uh (laughs) what 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 title that will be but um that's like my dad he just retired from his job and he he started working there when he was 17 and he's sixty wow. this year, and they just—I mean, jobs like um, that just don't exist anymore. So to hear when you do have people who've been with a brand for seven, eight years, like that yeah. to me is incredible because it's like you have a person who is invested in the vision and growth of that brand. It's not just yeah. oh, I'm coming to get my paycheck because most people just look. I'm not coming to get my paycheck for eight years. Like that's just that cannot be my sole reason yeah. for coming to work every yeah. day. And yeah. so when you do run across people who stay with a company for that long, it's because they really believe in what they're doing, just individually yeah. as a team. Um, so that speaks volumes for the the for Food Fifty Two in general. So yeah. Yeah. I do have two last questions for you, though. One is if for all our young, like beautiful brown people coming up through the ranks yeah. and they're yeah. you know, are in like their kind of like junior senior freshman years of college and things like that and they're not quite sure what they want to do but what you do sounds like something that they'd be interested in um what's a what's a good way to get them started on a path and then uh the second question is if you had to um design a menu for your for your last meal Ooh, four courses what would that be you can put that in any order you want to Oh, okay. I'll answer the the first one first. I think, like, it's so different now, even from when I was in college. Like, I didn't intern that entire time because internships didn't pay money. 
So I, I worked retail at the, you know, and I kind of the first few years of my career were almost like a little internship because I'd like work at a place and I'd be like, oh, that's a job. Oh, I didn't know that that was a job. I want to see, let me figure out if I could do that job. You know, <laughs> I love that. Um, so to the degree that someone, I feel like my impression from like my nieces and nephews and everything is like internships are like a requirement. Like you're not going to be able to get in that, like get a job unless you intern. And the laws have luckily changed, at least in New York City. Where yeah. You just can't have people out here working for absolute Popping free labor. Like, you, you know, no, yeah. we're not doing that to the kids. Uh, yeah, hey, yeah. Hey, the children what they deserve, please. Yeah, exactly. So I would say, you know, as much exposure as you can get, like internships. And if you can't, if you can't um, pack the time because you have to work, which is, you know, I think something, something that I almost always accept. And I think only very probably bold people do, but like sometimes people reach out to me on LinkedIn, like who are in college and be like, can I just get coffee with you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's great. I mean, it feels good to feel like you're helping somebody, you know what I mean? And like, especially folks from underrepresented groups, women, black women, like you reach out to me on LinkedIn and be like, I want to get coffee. I'm a junior in college. And I want to get yeah. coffee. Like I will get coffee with you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like just meet me, like, meet yeah. me near my office, you know what yeah. I mean? But I'll get coffee with you. And I think so like, and that's hard because not everybody is like an out, super outgoing person. Exactly. But I think if you're, um, if you have that interest, I think that's just really valuable. And a lot of times, I just want to hear about your career path, and you tell them that it goes like this. You know what I mean? And I think it puts them at ease, like okay, yeah. like I don't have to figure everything out. But maybe there's one or two things that you did that they can kind of grab onto. You know what I mean? So yeah, I would say between that and just like you'll be surprised how people were able to lend their time. Like I, um, a year ago, um, yeah, about a year ago now, I went to, uh, Digiday's like digital media conference. It was in Vail, Colorado. And, um, I was presenting a case study with a vendor and this was like a very big, I still in my career now do things where I'm like, this is a really big deal. And I get kind of like emotional. Cause I'm just like, yeah. I didn't, I was ever going to be able to do something like this. Oh, you know? I'm talking to you right now. I'm having that moment. So go yeah. ahead. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, uh, how do I like? So I get blown away, and everybody's all yeah. cavalier and like normal, like, oh yeah, we're getting mic'd up for this conference. Sure. And in my mind, I'm like, my God, like my grandma. I think of my grandma a lot. Who both yeah. all my grandparents, my family's from Kenya, who never went to school beyond third grade. And I'm like, my grandma like never went to school, and I'm here like at this hey. conference, like you know, like her God spirit bless. is with me. Like I get so emotional, but I have to act cool because everybody's just like, "All right, we're getting my like, up." I'm like, "Look, here, so I'm gonna be emotional, y'all." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, Ugh. you know. And when yeah. I, I was at that conference, the the CMO of Washington Post, um, who's a black woman, very brilliant, has done like a great job there with audience growth and everything. Mm. I just sent her a cold LinkedIn. I mean, Washington Post is a really big deal. She's a CMO, yeah. and I just like emailed her, and I was like. Hi, obviously you don't know who I am, but uh, I'm going to be at this conference. I mean, my slot slot was like the last day of the conference, like with the vendors. She was the headliner of the conference. So I was like, I was like, I don't know if you're going to have any time at all because you're a very busy, important person. Um, But I would love to like get lunch with you. And she replied right away. And she was like, yeah, yeah. let's get lunch. She had lunch with me like in between, like she was going to be on a panel and like go speak. And she sat down and like, had lunch with me and I was just like I feel like the sisterhood we have is just so strong you know what I mean so even if, if people are shy like if if you're a black woman and you're like you really want to do xyz like reach out to that person that whose career you admire like yeah you'll be surprised you a lot of times you will hear back you know what I mean because like oh, you know like we're all looking for an opportunity to like help bring up the next Group so, as much as we can. So, yeah. like when she did that, I was amazed. She was just like, "If you're ever in Washington, we can reach out. We can like hang out." I'm like, "Really?" Yeah, and it was like so. Wow. She obviously, she didn't have to do that. She'd know me from a fly on the wall. Exactly. You know. So, um. Anyways, that's my yeah. advice: is to just reach out. So, um, hear, so what I'm hearing is like. Um, in conclusion, is shoot your shot. Like, yeah, shoot, yeah exactly. Yeah, you can say is no. <laughs> exactly. Not right now, or like get at me in a month, or whatever it's yes. going to be. But yeah, it's um, you just because you just don't know. Like you only you only get a no if you don't ask. I mean, that's a guarantee. Exactly. 
So definitely like if you see someone and you're like, that's what I want to do and that's where I want to be in life at some point, like definitely Mm -hmm. just be out. Um, And I'm good for like if I find if I find you on like Twitter, LinkedIn, a couple other places, I'm gonna hit you. I'm gonna hit you up on all of them and then give you an opportunity to respond. And then I'll, you know, in a few weeks, hit you up again. So I'm like sometimes being persistent. Yeah. You know, like read the room, but like be persistent and like definitely see how because a conversation is is free most times. Like, you know, you yeah. don't know what relationship you'll walk away with or connection or like nugget of wisdom that will like take you to the next place. So definitely yeah. like shoot your shot, y'all. Is you know, if you yeah. don't slip it into people's DMs for a date, you might as well slip into people's DMs for your coins. I just exactly like make sure your wallet is taken care of like you know secure your bag and then your date don't just do the one yeah. I, I just you know I need you people to prioritize like don't be cute and broke like that's not yeah that ain't necessary yeah. at this point not with all the uh the handles to people so yeah <laughs> so for that for that last question so you got an opportunity yes, to create yeah. a four course meal most people ask who you want to eat with I have no interest in that I want to know what you yeah. want to eat that by, yeah. that's by far more important because we could all be sitting here eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with somebody brilliant and I'm be like, why are we eating these sandwiches? So yeah, <laughs> your, your course meal, what would that look like? What would that be? I feel like it would be actually one course because like I could just eat all the stuff at once, I feel like. But like I, 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 <laughs> but I <laughs> love like, I like I grew up with a lot of amazing cooks my mom my grandmother aunties everybody could really cook so like and Kenyan food so like we eat a lot of things influenced by like Indian culture like okay British brought a lot of Indians to Kenya to build the railroads and then we also were like trading through Zanzibar I don't know we're all kind of mixed up with like East Africa India whatever so we make chapatis and like um just like when a chapati is just like made so well it's to me, it's like the, I can eat them plain, like just a chapati by itself. But we have like a lentil stew called dango, and it's like lentil, green lentil, and curry, and it's mm. literally my favorite meal on earth. Uh, so I would definitely want that. Okay. I love goat. <laughs> so some curry goat is like a necessity. That's what I'm saying. It wouldn't be really like horses. It's just like, like a big, on the table at one time. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. a big. I'm a big believer in that. I'm a big believer yeah. in that. I'm like, I'm like, what are you waiting for? Just bring it all out here. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Drop, the, drop the platter. You're good. You're good. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, oh, I love that. Um, is there a recipe that a relative has made um in your life that you just they never shared and that you have yes. been trying to like figure out most yes. of your childhood? <laughs> so my my cousin's <laughs> wife, like that lentil stew dango yeah. I was talking about, she makes it so good and like I've never seen her make it like I don't know, maybe the next time we have a family event, right. I'm just gonna show up early. <laughs> like hours early. Because I need right. to like really watch. <laughs> like, I'm gonna watch. What, what is she putting in here? Right. Like here to watch. Good. Yeah. Like wow. any family event. She knows what her dish is. It's like, you're making dangle. Like, don't even play. Don't, so, like, joke around. Like, I'm going to bring five people. Like, no. Stop playing. Like, like, what? No. Why don't you do my new seven? I know what you need to bring. And even if she's not, can't attend the event, she'll send, like, one of her kids with the food. Like, because it's like, that's that her dish. So, you're like, I'm not coming with my dangles coming. You're like, great. Sorry, we miss you. We, we look, you're we're you we know what's important here. Don't don't mess around. I mean I I honestly I wanted to do like a series like like something on Food too about like something similar to that, like <laughs> like help, but it's like to force these family members to give their recipes like <laughs> like, <all food. laughs> like I was like, we should do a video series, but I realized like, I have an ulterior motive. I just want yeah. So you might as well tell me. I'm gonna just make sure yeah. it all looks good. So like my grandmother, she used to do chicken and dumplings. She went to her grave with that recipe. And I'm just like, how did y'all let her do that? Like she didn't yeah. like it that well. You had to watch her. I was just like, and nobody did. I find y'all to be irresponsible. You don't care about me. And my mom, 
she used to have this baked chicken. And when people yeah. are like, oh, she used to roast chicken, I'm like, no, 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 no. It was not yeah. roasted. Roasted requires a certain oven temperature. She yeah. was baking it. And it was the chick, the, like the skin of the chicken was like laminated to the, the meat, which does not do anymore. But like yeah. part of it, the, and every time I ask her about it, she's like, oh, girl, you know, I don't remember that. And I'm just like, what are you doing right now? Like, I don't remember. <laughs> Like, come on now, just take a minute, sit down and think about it. You out here just doing real grand statements about not remembering anything. <laughs> she, you know, she finally was like, well, I think I did this, this, and this. But I, at some okay. point, like, I think it hinges on the quality of the chicken. Like, I think it was the very first, like, that's the very first thing. There was a lot of collagen in the chicken, so it was sticky. When it oh, was and she never used oil when she baked it. She always used butter and it was like basted with oh, just like, salt, pepper, and parsley. But it was wow. the, and the chicken and like the skin was like it shattered. Like once you bit into it, like it was just super crispy. Yeah. Really, really, really light and thin. And so it wasn't it definitely wasn't roasted though. And it was like because I didn't yeah. that distinction. And I was just like, it doesn't, it didn't get that kind of color. But it yeah. came all the way through. It never was dry, but it was like perfectly seasoned. And like the, and the, I said that, like I said, the skin was like laminated to the meat, which I have never yeah. seen since then. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. A couple of, let me know if you decide to like take that video series off. I got a couple <laughs> of to put on this list. Yeah, it's like, a pure, pure, pure conspiracy. <laughs> like yeah, they're gonna be like, so why do you need to know? Don't worry about that. Just make this video. <laughs> My business. Thank you for listening to this week's interview. We hope you enjoyed it. With the thousands of podcasts out there, we are honored that you've chosen to listen to ours. Be sure to catch up on all of season one, then come back every week for new episodes. Visit the Afros and Knives website to get connected to our social media, to buy merch, and to become a patron of the show. Afros and Knives is a listener-supported podcast, and funding is provided by our Patreon members. Be sure to download and subscribe to the show, and we'll talk to you next week.